and welcome to The Constructor Cast, your AGC place for all the news, views, and interviews relevant to your construction business. I'm your host, Amy Hager. Today we have a special three-part interview with three AGC chapter executives to talk about local legislation. As you might know, here at AGC of America, we focus most of our efforts on the federal level, but are always here to support local efforts, and we wanted to spotlight some of the work at the local level. Now, in some cases, legislation takes years to develop and prosper. Mike Clauser, Executive Director with the Contractors Association of West Virginia, is here to talk about the recent passing of the 2017 highway funding legislation, resulting in a $1.6 billion road bond constitutional amendment, which is the first highway bond to be passed in West Virginia since 1996. So, Mike, tell us how all of this got started years ago and what efforts were made to have the right people supporting this issue. Well, Amy, I think it's important to go back and look at where West Virginia was in 2012. Um, Our highway problem was growing. Uh, Our funding was decreasing. Our gas tax, our revenues coming into the Department of Highways were dwindling. And we had a number of our CAWB highway contractors were either laying off their employees or going out of state to find work. So we had major, major problems, uh, and we had a legislature that uh, was not inclined to look at tax increases or other funding mechanisms to to address the situation. And at the time, uh, the Contractors Association uh, put together a program that basically identified four elements uh, that we felt were necessary to look at our funding problems in the state. Uh, one was setting clear goals. Second was creating a relevant message. Um, Third was developing active leadership. And fourth was building a broad coalition to support uh, the issue. And fortunately, in 2017, uh, the CAWV was able to achieve passage of a $2.8 billion highway funding program, Mm -hmm. which includes uh, annual increases in revenue, and then also, as you mentioned, the $1.6 billion road bond issue, which was passed by voters by a margin of 73 to 27%. That's absolutely amazing. So it sounds like you had a lot of people on your side. So what do you think the strongest part of the campaign was? We were able to put together uh, a number of coalitions. First, uh, and probably foremost, uh, was West Virginians for Better Transportation. Uh, that was an organization that uh, we helped form uh, probably in around 2008 to bring together all those people who felt that uh, a modern and safe transportation system in the state was important. Uh, a lot of business groups, uh, labor. Uh, we had a lot of um, economic development groups, manufacturers, tourism. We ended up with about uh, a coalition of 300. Oh, wow. uh, that worked actively to talk about the positive needs uh, for uh, maintaining our roads here in West Virginia. The second thing uh, we were able to do uh, was uh, we had a new governor, uh, Governor Jim Justice, uh, mm-hmm. who ran in 2016. And the governor's background was coal and tourism and development. And he saw early on that uh, if we do not have good roads uh, in the state, uh, we certainly don't have an opportunity for economic development. And uh, one of his platforms for election uh, was to increase our highway funding program 
as a way to create jobs in the state and to create economic development. And as such, the Contractors Association uh, put together a campaign uh, statewide uh, to the general public and also to members of the West Virginia legislature to talk about the needs uh, that we have. Uh, West Virginia's bridges uh, were rapidly declining. We went from 12th worst bridges Mm -hmm. to 5th worst bridges in the nation in a span of four years. Uh, We talked about uh, all of the other states surrounding West Virginia that were improving their highway program through increased funding. Uh, Virginia, Maryland, Pennsylvania, all passed revenue bills in their legislature uh, to improve their roads and and bridges. Uh, We were able to um, uh, solicit uh, support from some key legislators. Um, In the past, uh, there were a number of uh, state legislators who felt that we could solve our highway problems by cutting of uh, waste and abuse uh, within state government. And uh, what uh, we were able to show that if we're going to grow and expand the economy and create jobs, we needed to do that through increased funding. So Mm -hmm. with that, uh, uh, West Virginians for Better Transportation put together a statewide campaign uh, talking about the needs. Uh, We utilized AGC of America very extensively. Ken Simonson and his uh, data that talked about jobs and the fact that um, in West Virginia we started leading the nation in the number of lost construction jobs. And we were able to show that uh, if we increased uh, spending on highways, we would create thousands of jobs in Mm. West Virginia. Uh, We worked uh, with TRIP uh, extensively as well. Uh, TRIP did a number of studies, uh, both economic studies and showing the conditions of West Virginia roads and what it was costing taxpayers to drive on bad roads. Uh, We were on TV. We were on radio. uh, We spoke to a lot of editors of magazines. Uh, We worked quite closely with uh, social media in trying to uh, make sure everybody understood the nexus between bad roads and uh, higher costs to operate and certainly uh, through lost jobs. That makes sense. And uh, as such, when the legislature uh, concluded its uh, work in uh, end of June of 2017, they pass about $144 million a year in uh, new highway funding uh, mm-hmm. on an annual basis and then also approved, the, uh, as you mentioned, the $1.6 billion road bond amendment that went on the ballot and voters uh, approved October 7th of 2017. Wow. So it really seems like having the right people in place supported by the facts and figures was the perfect solution for y'all to achieve getting the funding. So what will happen going forward? We are going to create jobs in what <laughs> we've already created thousands of jobs. Uh, a number of Contractors uh, Association of West Virginia members uh, who have had to work in Virginia and Maryland and North Carolina and take their crews, uh, they are coming home. And uh, those are West Virginians that are going to be home building West Virginia's roads and bridges. Um, We are also anticipating uh, thousands of people that are going to be needed in the highway construction industry in our state. Uh, to build uh, the new roads that are coming out. Um, In 2016, our highway program uh, was around 
500 million uh, in 2018. Um, we are projecting about 1.5 billion in highway construction this year. So we uh, we see it as a uh, way to create jobs and create economic development throughout the entire state. Uh, Obviously, our members are going to be buying trucks. They're going to be buying cars. Um, their employees are going to be traveling. They're going to be buying retail. They're going to be spending their dollars uh, throughout the economy in West Virginia. So um, we are very pleased that we may be the catalyst to jumpstart uh, West Virginia's economy by, uh, by improving our roads and bridges in the state. Well, Mike, thank you so much for taking time to share with us today, and congratulations to y'all in West Virginia, and we look forward to hearing what happens going on in the future. Uh, Thank you, Amy. With me now is Toby Crow, Executive Vice President at the AGC of South Dakota, where the Highway Trust Fund was passed in 2015. Keeping that funding has been the focus since the funds passed, and so, Toby, what initiatives have been taken since 2015? Well, Amy, first, I'd just uh, like to thank you to inviting me to be with you today. It's a, it's a pleasure. Um, here in South Dakota, as Amy said, we, we were very successful in passing a, a highway funding increase in 2015. And since then, we've focused our efforts primarily on protecting that money. It seems like every time that a state agency realizes that there might be a larger pot of money in a certain fund, that seems to be where they look to try and get a little more funding for their program. Uh, over the last few years, we've, we've been uh, playing defense, is kind of what we like to try to call it, and we actually have a legislative priority in our, in our priority document called Protecting Our Money from the Government, and that's what we've been doing the last years. There's been a number of bills that have been introduced to change the workers' compensation or the unemployment insurance program or how they would administer the state sales and use tax that would not be friendly to the construction industry. Uh, First and foremost, they've also been a few times they've tried to divert some of the funding to the state highway trust fund. And AGC has been there, you know, protecting our money from the government, and and we've been successful on all those so far. And so then what will you continue to do in 2018? Uh, 2018 is already proving to be very interesting and will probably be our most difficult year. Um, our, uh, we have a budget shortfall during our governor's budget address. He announced this shortfall not only for this year but also for next year. So, again, as I said, uh, I don't think there will be any stones left unturned when people trying to go look for money to balance that budget. Here in South Dakota, we do have a requirement for a balanced budget, so they're going to find it somewhere. We're fairly fortunate here in South Dakota that we've done a good job educating our elected officials, and uh, our DOT has been a great ally. So when these type of inquiries arise, uh, there might be a few people out there looking at the Highway Trust Fund for that type of stuff, but most of them know that there is a, a need and a reason we have that money there, and they're not big fans of of robbing that money, as we say. So I think we'll stay successful, but this year will be a challenge. You mentioned earlier as we were talking that really highway funding shouldn't become an issue for you know almost 10 more years. What do you guys do to continuously prep so that you can get the funding when it comes due? That's a good question. We, uh, 
we haven't done them for a while, but what we what we typically do, and, and during our, our uh, highway funding campaign that, that ended in 2015, it was a multi-year campaign, you know, probably seven or eight years. And mm-hmm. we start hosting what we call legislative briefings for the newly elected legislators and inform them of and educate them of the different reasons and the uses and the way uh, transportation is funded in South Dakota so mm-hmm. that they realize that that's important. You know, we've determined that if they come into the ground, uh, hit the ground running, and they're educated about why it's needed, they don't look at it as an option right away. Smart. And then, of course, we stay very, very close with our Senate and our House Transportation Committees and their leadership, because that's where any of those bills would come from. And they are they are very good, and they've always been great allies to make sure that that doesn't happen. Well, it sounds like it is like full circle leading up, prepping, getting the funding, and then keeping the money. So you're always on your toes, it sounds like. Yeah, I I guess you could look at it as job security for our lobbyists and myself. (laughs) Well, what kind of effort then does it take from the members of the AGC of South Dakota? Are they having to have one-on-one meetings with the legislators, or is this more of a coalition effort kind of at the organization level? We we passed our our highway bill in 2015. It was very much of a coalition effort that our members were involved with, but they also uh, were involved in a lot of other things. The coalition is not really that active now. Uh, We led that coalition. We created that coalition. Uh, But we do a lot of other things. We we always do some small little marketing media campaigns to keep the the, uh, word alive, to keep the message alive about the importance of road and bridge funding. Mm -hmm. We have... Legislative Day. Uh, it's actually tomorrow at the state capitol. A uh, number of our members come in and meet with a bunch of different people. We have committee meetings. We go to the House and Senate galleries, and we have conclude with a dinner that the legislators all attend and, and listen to members and other people talk about it. And actually highlighting tonight's uh, dinner is our Secretary of Transportation that's going to talk about the successes of Senate Bill 1, which was the highway bill that passed in 2015. And we'll mm-hmm. give them a little thank you and, and show why it was a good thing to do it. So it's a it's a message that we keep alive all the time, and our members are are very active in our grassroots activities, making phone calls, you name it. They're they're very active, and it's it's a lot of our success is due to our members' activity in this in this area. Well, good luck continuously playing defense, and hopefully everything goes smooth and you don't lose the funding this year. The best of luck to you. Thank you. For our last interview, I'd like to introduce Michael Gifford, president of the AGC of Colorado. Welcome, Michael. Hello, and good morning. So we hear you've had a very well-thought-out campaign, and I'm hoping that you can kind of lay the foundation for us with what's been going on with your workforce initiatives. Glad to do that. You know, back in 2013, our board did a strategic look at the market in the future, and we quickly became convinced that uh, demographics were going to cause us to have a long-term and continual workforce shortage, most acutely in the crafts, but also in the office positions like estimator, mm. project manager, project engineer. And so we set about uh, trying to lay a foundation of how we were going to work on this, and we thought of it more as a marathon than a sprint because it wasn't <laughs> something that we were going to be able to uh, completely address uh, overnight. And so we started with um, some tools that AGC America was developing with some of the chapters 
and we started with uh, buildcolorado.com, which is our industry website. But instead of an electronic brochure, we envision this as a really hardworking tool. And so we put in there things like advertising jobs locally in a way different than some of the commercial um, offerings could do. We also put in a strong career pathway section that shows 25 different apprenticeship programs and other educational pathways for parents and students. That's the most popular page, by the way. And then um, we set about uh, getting funding to create a new recruitment program for our marketplace. So that recruitment program was aimed specifically at craft positions. And we said, you know, we're not getting enough people interested. And when you look at baby boomers going out, a small Gen X generation, and then the millennials and a significant number of them don't want to go to work for any company at all. They just want to have their own side hustle. So that means that uh, we needed to do a good job of really recruiting people to our industry. So we did create that program and we train a group of about 50 uh, people every month that are uh, working, but they're at minimum wage. And we train them in a job uh, that in 30 days, they can uh, go from $10 an hour to $20 an hour plus benefits, Mm. starting to work for a construction company. That's called Construction Careers Now. And we uh, went out and got a state a grant. We wrote a bill in 2015 for a grant, and we got funding for three years to help with the advertising, if you will, the recruitment and outreach. But our industry is paying the cost of the education at a local technical college. So we pay all of the tuition for the students so that they can keep their day job, they can come to school for a month at night at no cost, and at the end, we have a hiring fair every month, and then we bring our employers in to do the hiring and bring them in, get them started as a laborer, and then they can work up to an apprenticeship program Mm. over four years to have a great career in construction. So that's just one of our 13 programs, but that's really aimed at the craft side. It's amazing the work that you guys have done, and it also sounds like you've had to collaborate with other organizations to make this a big success. So can you talk about that collaboration effort? Yes. So... um, In terms of collaboration, uh, I want to start by saying that this is a joint, um, kind of a joint venture, if you will, if you look at it from a construction model between the AGC of Colorado and the Colorado Contractors Association, which is the highway chapter in the state. So the building chapter and highway chapter team together to do one website, buildcolorado.com, and one program, Construction Careers Now, that serves both the building and the highway industry. Um, that took a lot of collaboration also with the education uh, institution, Emily Griffith Technical College, and with the legislature to get that initial funding. And mm-hmm. since then, we've gotten additional grant funding from a redevelopment agency, from our state work comp system, and from uh, other players in, in the market to fund that. At the same time, in another city, we partnered with the Home Builders Association to start to reinsert shop, if you will, back in the high school. And we have now, we have five high school programs and 350 students. So that's partnering with four different school districts. And that's led to collaboration with two community colleges to start two-year um, construction programs as well. So those are a couple of examples. And, and that's recognizing that we can recruit craft individuals into our marketplace forever, but we're not going to solve the problem until we get the school system back doing 
what it should be doing with our tax dollars, and that's that's the ultimate effort to kind of reinstitute shop into the high school. You must have a large support from your member companies. Can you talk a little bit more about how they play a role? Sure. Now, that is the ultimate collaboration, if you will, between the the chapter because we don't really see it as staff and members we just look at ourselves as one organization and so what the members role is we take a general contractor specialty contractor and supplier and they adopt a school if you will a high school and their role is to go out and work with those counselors and go in and guest lecture they take students on field trips to actual job sites And so that's one role that they do to kind of set us up to then be able to come in and reinstitute a full construction program in that high school. And at the same time, they come to the hiring fair every month and hire those 50 individuals, and that takes a lot of prep for them. They have to come set up a table. They have to send the appropriate operations people from their team. They have to review all 50 resumes ahead of time, and they need to be ready to make uh, make a tentative offer on site, follow oh, up the wow. next day with an interview, go through the process, and get them on board because we've advertised to these people that they will meet eager-to-hire contractors at the hiring fair and be ready to go. That's only fair when you ask someone to give up a month of their evenings mm-hmm. in their life to come to a program. You need to have that job at the other end that you promised. And so they really have stepped up in the hiring. They've stepped up in the going out to the high schools and they've stepped up in terms of our workforce committee to design all of this. They, they, they are the ones who designed all of these programs, and then the, the staff has done much of the work to carry them out. So it's been a great wow. partnership, and they really have, uh, for example, just on that um, Construction Careers Now hiring program, they invested $150,000 last year to pay the tuition to Emily Griffith Technical College. So that's in wow. addition to member dues. The industry came up with that kind of investment to make sure there was no cost to the individuals that would come to the one-month class. That's amazing. It seems like everybody really has invested in this program, and you, you've thought of it full circle. And so I'm curious, Michael, what are you guys going to do different in 2018 compared to the past? Well, we are working on a plan as we go forward to accelerate reinstituting shop into the high school with significant construction programs so we're looking at a building permit fee so there would be a fee of approximately fifty dollars per project both residential and commercial that money would then come in to a fund that would be dedicated solely to providing financial and uh, knowledge support to high schools that agree to start a construction program. We have five of these programs already up and running in Colorado Springs, and now we want to bring that model to Denver. Mm. And uh, what we found is that the schools need additional financial support to actually hire construction instructor, bring in the curriculum, and so far we've been using the HBI curriculum, and then uh, get materials and get the program started. And then we're also running two new bills in the state legislature this year to provide capital construction dollars to school districts and community colleges that would team up to do these types of programs, uh, both uh, the construction dollars as well as any equipment that they would need, uh, and then a renewal of the uh, outreach and recruitment grant that we wrote in 2015. Wow, you guys have really thought about it all. That's absolutely amazing. And 
Well, first off, congratulations of how far you've come so far, and I'm excited to hear what you guys do in the future. So hopefully we'll be able to come back next year and find out how the program turned out in Denver and see what else you guys are doing going forward. Well, come check it out in April of 2019. The National Convention for AGC will be in Denver. Perfect. Well, Michael, thank you so much for taking time to share with us today. And I want to thank you all for listening. This has been the AGC Constructor Cast.